Live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana Sports Station. 103.7 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette. Just after 6 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. I'm going to put it right on the line. Been a lot of complaints already. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 1037 The Game. It's a formidable scent. Stings the nostrils. Listen live with the 1037 The Game mobile app. Naked man has two secrets. A flayed man. Or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super genius. It's on right now. Right now. Oh, hi. I'm Hollywood Steve. You caught me relaxing in my music nook. From 1976 to 1984, the radio airwaves were dominated by really smooth music, also known as Yacht Rock. These Yacht Rockers docked a remarkable fleet of number one hits, and every song has a story behind it. Let me tell you one. All right, still too much going on here. Trying to figure it out with all of the different ways you can get us. All the different streaming. I got it on the Facebook Live this morning, but no other side of the audio. I don't know why. We'll figure that out later. Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots on the Yacht Rock Wednesday Sports Chat. Great show for you today, as expected, on the reigning, defending, undisputed number one sports talk show, sports talk station, Freudian slip, in Acadiana, 103.7 The Game. All right, we got Chris Blair, the voice of uh, LSU, coming up. We'll start with them here in a second. Uh, they got a big win over A&M. Ben Love will uh, join me. He actually chirped in just after the show ended yesterday to talk about why the crowds aren't a little bit bigger in uh, for the Cajuns. All right, if, if, if they were average or not winning, I, I'd get it, all right? But they haven't lost. If they win these two next games, Cody, it'll be a year since they have lost at home. Well, not quite. Almost. They haven't lost at home since last February. Troy, by the way. As it turns out, they get Troy on Saturday. All right, we'll talk to Matt Graves. Speaking of South Alabama and uh, and the Cajuns, the uh, the head coach of the Jaguars will join us here at uh, 817. And uh, a little bit of the Cush. This is Cush. Uh, he will join us at uh, at 8.45. And boy, did a, uh, a little simple conversation get out of, out of control last night when another, well, a national radio show put out Why Aren't the Pels Better? And boy, people are touchy. <laughs> people a little prote- a little protective of uh, the Pelicans. They are playing their best of the year. That's for uh, best of the season. They are at a high watermark. But that also included having to come from behind on a 17-point game and have the Bulls miss a free throw to force overtime just to get to where they are. That would have been another unacceptable loss to a team that's about 10 games under 500. They had won a few lately, but were 5-5 five and five heading into their matchup against the Pelicans in their last 10. Again, 706 
0111 on the Arco Equipment Hotline. We are live in the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios. Uh, you can listen online, 107thegame.com, and, of course, on the uh, mobile app powered by the Golf Connection. We know golfers. We know golf. And we are on TV, simulcasting on KXKW Channel 32.1 on LUS Fiber Cable 133. And if you so dare, 11.33, tightened up the uh, uh, the quaff yesterday, Cody. Uh, Stoney did an outstanding job. All right? Even though, see, that good haircut doesn't look like it's any different. Just a little shorter. Looks exactly the same. But just tighten up. That's how you know it's a good haircut. Uh, all right. I appreciate it, Stoney. All right. So, you know that cliche of we remember the losses, especially players and coaches and even some fans. You remember the tough losses more than you remember the exciting wins, right? Does Brady and Belichick remember last year's win more against Atlanta and the win against Seattle? Or do the two Super Bowl losses against the Giants really still gnaw at them, right? They gnaw at me, right? Syracuse won a national championship. I'm still not over the Keith Smart shot, right? Patriots have won five uh, championships, two in the last three years. Could make it a second three out of four run with a win this year. Still bitter about not being 19-0. and All right, so meanwhile, let's take that on a much smaller level. The LSU Tigers, you know, what basically a wire-to-wire victory over AM last night. Uh, you know, I tuned in. It was about a five-point game, and all of a sudden it was a ten-point game, and, and they just ran away with it. For whatever reason, they got A&M's number. They started off hot, and A&M made a little run in the second half, but, you know, it was mostly all LSU. I mean, at one point in time, you know, 7-16 to go in the first half, it's 25-10 to 10, LSU. 25 to 10. I mean, it got to, you know, 37 22 with a minute 46 left to go. I mean, it's a 15 point lead at half. 15 point lead at half for uh, LSU. And, uh, you know, for the most part, they, I mean, it was a double digit lead. For most of the second half, right? 9.40 to go. Do up breathe. 59.43. By the time they got it under 10, I mean, it was a 15-point game. 5.46. I mean, this was a blowout. They didn't get it under 10 until way late. In fact, it was 12. They didn't get it under 10. They got it to 10 a couple of times. They never got it under 10. LSU completely dominated last night. All right? So you'd expect... Will Wade to be thrilled. They'd lost three in a row after a couple big wins on the road. This is what Will Wade sounds following the LSU rather dominating 77-65 to performance over the Texas A&M Aggies. Yeah, Coach, uh, first SEC home win tonight. Uh, just talk about how, you know, that feels, you know, giving one it's back. good. I mean, you just, just think about all the other ones you let slip away. I mean, if we'd have played with this edge, I don't even want to think about it. Makes me sick, but I'm happy to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm thrilled to win. Uh, thrilled to it didn't sound thrilled to win. He didn't really talk about the win last night, right? The first sentence and the last sentence were about the about the win last night. What did he say? Yeah, it was really good, but yeah, coach. Uh, first SEC home win tonight. Uh, just talk about how you know that feels. You know, giving one it's back. Good. I mean, you just 
Just think about all the other ones you let slip away. Kentucky. If we'd have played with this edge. Alabama. I don't even want to think about Georgia. It. Makes me sick. But I'm happy to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm thrilled to win. Uh, he just swept Texas A&M. And A&M had all their guns last night. Robert Williams, very impressive for the uh, North Caddo alum. 10 of 14, uh, 15 rebounds, 21 points. Game wasn't even close. And Will Wade is still pissed about losing to Alabama, still pissed to losing to Georgia, and still pissed about losing to Kentucky. He just wants them to play hard. All right, and you know, everyone wants to play a perfect sixty minutes. Has anyone played a perfect sixty minutes, or in this case, college basketball forty minutes? Right. I mean, unless you're Duke, Villanova. You know, even the Cajuns' blowout win against Texas State wasn't a full uh, forty minutes. You know, Texas State made a little run there once they fell behind by you know fourteen points. You know, they. Patriots play a good 60 minutes yet in the playoffs? No, even against the Titans, they were behind 7 nothing. And don't get me started on, you know, they've been slow starters in all of their Super Bowls. Rams, Panthers, maybe not so much the Eagles. Got to go back and look at the Eagles. But certainly against the Seahawks. Uh, and the Falcons, real slow starters. So it's very difficult to put a whole game together. You're going to have lapses. And I don't know about momentum, but a couple of things are going to go the other team's way. But he just was not not happy at all. He was more disappointed in the losses that they had than that win. He almost it looked like he was going to. Can you retweet that, Cody? Because it almost looked like he was going to get up to leave. Now I don't know where that was in the press conference. Usually they stayed ten minutes, and they won. He wasn't all that upset. At least you wouldn't think that he was. But what he sees is the potential. And when you see the potential, like he had against AM on the road, like he had against Arkansas on the road, and then you don't meet that potential, at least for most of the game, I'm sure Will Wade you know, understands it's very tough to play a 40-minute ball game. I right, just, you know, Villanova lost a game, right? They've had some close ball games. It's just difficult to play a perfect game. Now, even UL against Monroe, right, started off a little slow and sluggish. You know, got out to a you know got out to a nice a solid halftime lead and then blew them out in the second half. But tough to play a full forty minutes. And do a brief nine of 14, 21 points, eight rebounds. Water struggled from the floor, five of fourteen. But how about this? Nine assists, eight steals. One turnover. Wow. 15 points. Aaron Epps, 12 points, four rebounds. Off the bench, Edwards, 12 points, three or four shooting, two of three from three. Very impressive win for LSU. They needed it, and they needed it badly. 12 and seven overall, three and four in the conference. I mean, the next few games are going to be tough. They're going on the road to Auburn. Then add Tennessee. I think Tennessee won last night. Arkansas uh, comes here after that. They pulled off a win over Georgia. All right, we can keep on talking about LSU. 
We got Pelicans to talk about, Cajuns to talk about, Saints to talk about, Vikings, or not Vikings, Eagles to talk about, Pats to talk about. Another great sports chat. Yacht Rock Wednesday on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037 thegamecom All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Schultz on a Wednesday morning sports chat. Still trying to figure out how to get audio from both ends onto the Facebook page. Are you getting feedback? And are you just getting me? Are you getting the music? Just me. Well, you're hearing the music because it's coming through the headsets, I guess. I don't know. The headphones. Still trying to figure it out. All right. I don't want to turn my mic on until because the phone's playing loud. But right, uh, right. no, you you sound you, once you start talking, it right. all it all clears up. Like you're coming in loud and clear. Right. But again, we're still getting fifty uh, percent of the, of I guess the, or seventy five percent, depending on what the. If I take is. the headphones out of the iPhone, because this is where the audio is, are we getting feedback? Because now I hear it on the phone. I have to wait for the video to catch up. All right. <laughs> I don't know where to turn the. Maybe we've got to change the settings. All right. Uh, we'll worry about that in the break. All right. Uh, 706-0111. 706-0111. LSU with a, an impressive win last night, and yet Will Wade still not happy about the losses that they had. All right. And, and remember, you know, there are a certain amount of expectations, and then expectations have to change. Right? I don't think anybody thought the Astros were going to, you know, win the World Series last year. But when they got off to a really good start, and they obviously needed another piece or two. We got to go win this. You never know what's going to happen the next year, right? Who knows who gets hurt, right? Korea got hurt in the middle of the year last year, and you just never know when that's going to affect you at the wrong time. Heck, you can even go to politics. You know what happens if the you know economy crashes in December in two thousand and eight, and not in September? Uh, who knows? So you know the timing of these things are, you know, and and the expectations. Are different. Anybody have, you know, I know a lot of people, my expectations for LSU, be 500-ish, hopefully over 500, and go to the NIT. And then you could go out and maybe win the NIT. You get, you know, first of all, they'd have a home game or maybe here at the Cajun Dome. You know, we'll see what happens there. But if you win a couple of ball games, you get another couple of weeks to practice. And he can even start looking towards a little bit towards next year, maybe do some things. But also, you know, what do you get? Five games and maybe a trip to New York City. That's not bad. But then you raise the expectations when you, you know, win some games on the road, especially as dramatically as they did against A&M. And then you have the clunkers, though not completely, against uh, Alabama and Georgia at home. And then Vanderbilt on the road. And so I think in Will Wade's head, the expectations did get higher. And he was expecting more and hoping more. He had seen what the team can do against Kentucky. Against A&M. Against Arkansas. Why didn't that happen against Georgia? Why didn't it happen against um, Alabama? Why didn't it happen against Alabama? And it's not me saying it. It's Will Wade saying it. Cody. 
Coach, uh, first SEC home win tonight. Uh, just talk about how you know that feels. You know, giving one it's back. Good. I mean, you just just think about all the other ones you let slip away. I mean, if we'd have played with this edge, I don't even want to think about it. So, makes me sick. But I'm happy to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm thrilled to win. Uh, did you retweet that? Did you retweet it out? He's not so thrilled to win. He is sick to his stomach on on the games that they lost that they should have won. Or could have won. And in his mind, should have won. 706 on the Arco Equipment Hotline. So I just, uh, you know, doing a little tweeting last night. What was I doing last night? Nothing. Uh, I don't even know what I was watching. Uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, a little bit. And probably the news. But a national radio show on the Mickey Mouse Network uh, tweeted out, What's wrong with the Pelicans? Why aren't the Pelicans better? And let's see if I can find the exact... Um, hmm. I'd have to do replies. Let's see, tweets and replies. So they want to know why aren't the Pelicans better? The Pelicans are the only team that has two guys in the top ten scoring. Davis and Cousins. They got two all-star starters. And their schedule was not all that difficult in the last month or so. And they've played better, right? Again, you can say what your expectations are. They were 15 and 16. They've won 10 out of their last 15 games. The problem is three of those losses are against three of the worst teams in the NBA. And this conversation just kind of got out of control. It escalated very quickly. So this is from a national radio show. Why aren't the Pelicans better? Their other three starters aren't any good. Or the game has evolved uh, has evolved so quickly that pairing Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins isn't the way to go anymore. Isn't the way to win anymore. Right? I mean, they basically have two guys that play the same position. And so 57% said bad starters, and 43% says the game has evolved. Some people took that as insulting. And all I did was retweet it out. And say, Pelicans fans, you know, where do you, where do you stand with this? And again, it, it got heated fast. Is it, is it bourbonshots.com? Bourbonstreetshots.com. What is it? Bourbonstreetshots.com. Bourbon, bourbon, what'd you call it? Bourbonstreetshots.com. Bourbonstreetshots.com? Yes, sir. From... Uh, Jesse Brooks. I can't even find it anymore. What's going on here? He was like, thought I was getting personal with it. And, you know, I think it's a good question. Are they playing better? You bet. But why weren't they better to begin with? Just because people had expected them not to be good doesn't mean they shouldn't be good. People can be wrong. Won the Super Bowl one year, and uh, you know, with a backup quarterback, and no one saw that coming. People were wrong. People were just wrong. Did this all come down last night? Well, let's see here. Um, we'll read a couple of these. All right. Uh, Jesse Brooks responded. He is from. Let's see where he is from. Uh, he's actually a Louisiana Press Association Award winner. And works for BourbonStreetShots.com. All right. 
Fair enough. All right. Um, so the Pels are six in the West, four games over five hundred. That's a high watermark, by the way. And hold a five a five and one record in a two and a half week period. It seems to me they're trending up while other teams around the league are imploding. And I go, well, ten and five since the schedule eased up. Thing is, three of the five losses to three worst teams in the league. I said unacceptable. And then he tries to say Portland, New York, and Boston are not easing up. Portland and New York are the exact same team as Pelicans. They're right around 500. Celtics aren't. And the Pelicans beat New York in New York and lost to them here and beat Portland, actually. The Boston is not easing up. But you followed up beating Portland or beating Boston by losing to the worst team in the NBA. And it wasn't like you got blown out of the house the whole game. You know, you were up by 15 and a half. We'll talk more about that. Again, it was an innocuous question, and it escalated very quickly. We'll talk more Pelicans when we get back. I can't believe we're talking Pelicans. They got the Bulls, or they got the Hornets tonight, rather. They got the Hornets tonight in Charlotte. Back after this on Acadiana Sports Station, 107, the game. You know, but it doesn't mean on the mind. This really is a little mini TV studio in TV studio. This is a TV studio I mean, I got the Facebook thing going. I got the Periscope thing going. I'm on TV. I'm on the radio. The whole idea here is to point video towards the website. So we're working on that. And that costs money. So we need to figure out how to do that. And uh, once we do, we'll get it. But I think I got the audio right. I don't hear the, uh, on the Facebook Live, Cody and Como, if you're listening, I don't have the feedback on that anymore. You think you still hear feedback? I mean, I just, I just say it's a, a small, like, you know, hum or hiss, whatever you want to call it, like low in the back. But I mean, I'm being picky because you're asking, you know, uh, if I opened right. up well, this we Facebook, can turn, we can turn it down a little bit. I, again, I, I, not compared to what it was before. Right. Okay. That's why yeah. I don't hear it. And yeah, exactly. If I opened up this and this uh, was a, uh, 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 you know, a uh, uh, barstool sports video or something like that right uh i would i wouldn't think twice. i would continue watching and all it right. wouldn't so all right so we are on our facebook live i think i shut it down for a second we should be back though but we are on our uh, facebook page 1037 the game we're on twitter you can follow us there of course you can listen to us i mean geez you can listen to us on the radio 1037 the game you can listen online 1037 thegamecom you can listen on the free mobile app powered by the Golf Connection. You can watch on Twitter. You can watch on Facebook Live. You can watch on TV, KXKW Channel 32.1, on LUS Fiber Cable 133, and in an HD in 1133, if you so dare. I mean, there is, is there any re- – I guess it just shouldn't be a surprise that we are the number one rated sports talk station in Acadia. You just – we're everywhere. And with the mobile app, you get it on demand. So you can – you don't have to listen to it now – you can do it later. Lunch break, coffee break, after dinner. All right, we are there for you. All right, Chris Blair at the bottom of the uh, next hour, seven thirty-two. The uh, ropes open. Dope LSU midweek report. Ben Love will come on and talk about the questions that I have for attendance. Again, am I asking too for Cajuns basketball games? Am I asking too much for fifteen thousand between the two games? Get 6000 for the blackout on Thursday, which I think is a pretty good crowd on a Thursday night as the regular crowd rushes it. All right, even though that's a Saturday, I get it. All right. And then on Saturday, it's which I actually prefer. Get it out of the way. Um, I'm hoping for nine. Anything over those two numbers. So if you get 75, any combination thereof, 
I guess what would be disappointing is if you get like nine on Saturday or nine on Thursday somehow, and like only five show up on Saturday and all complain, why it's a 2 p.m. game? That would be the disappointing part. All right, 706 We're continuing to talk about the Pelicans. And again, this conversation just went up to a, another level. Because there was no insult, a little bit of a joke, a little bit of a needling, but I certainly didn't insult anybody, I don't think. So again, I'm talking to Jesse Brooks of BourbonStreetShots.com, and you know he covers the Pelicans much closer than I do, but I've been watching them from afar, and we didn't hop on the, oh, the Pelicans can make a run now after the run was made. We said this going into the run. At 15 and 16, we said, all right, the Pelicans have not been very good. They're losing to these teams they shouldn't lose to. However, they have this schedule over the next two and a half, two and a half weeks and then maybe over a month that is very easy and certainly eased up all the way up until the Celtics. And then even after the Celtics, it became easier. It's going to be a little bit more difficult now with some winnable games like the Bulls. Should have been more winnable than it was. You're taking on the Hornets. We'll see how that goes. That's on the road. But then you have the Clippers at home, Houston at home, not in order. Sacramento after that, and then you got back-to-backs against Oklahoma City and Minnesota, which is going to be tough. <clears throat> so when I said the schedule eased up, he goes, I don't consider, Jesse Brooks saying this, I don't consider a three-game stretch of Portland, New York, and Boston easing up. And so I said at the time, right before they started December 22nd to January 14th, that's right before the Celtics game, they were playing a combined 52 games under 500. I said, you're right, it didn't ease up. More of a cakewalk. Orlando, Memphis, Dallas, and the Nets. They lost two of those games. So, and other people were getting on it. Our our buddy Jason Quigley also was uh, getting in on it. And he had a little bit more rational uh, response. And so did Kumar uh, popped in on it as, as well. And let's see, again, more Jesse Brooks. Um, he responds to my easing of the schedule by saying, also, you can cherry pick a schedule all you want to fill your fit your narrative. But what is the team doing in the now? I see a team that is five and one in two and a half weeks with three overtime wins. Last night was over a hot Chicago team featuring a historic performance by Boogie. That's absolutely true. Outside of the hot Chicago team, maybe hot over the last few games, but remember the five and one, you know who the, uh, the, the Pelicans are now five and one in the guess in the last six, you know, you know who that one is against Cody? The Hawks. Yeah. The Hawks. Where do they stand in the NBA standings? Are they last? Last. Are they there? They last. were last. They had 12 wins. They had beaten San Antonio. Oh, I got one question. You asked me a second one. Right, Come on, right, Dave. Right, you can right, leave right, it at one. Right. They were last. You said last. You got the Hawks. Right. I did. Last. I did. Okay. I'll you take know, it. I'll last. take it. I never get those. All right. And I'm not so sure how hot Chicago was. They may have been hot for the last couple of games beforehand. But in the last 10, they were 5-5. Five and five. Right? They were 13-23. and 23. They came into the game 18-28. and 28. Not so hot. Maybe for a team, actually, if you think about it, for the Bulls and what I wrote, being 5-5 five and five for a team that's 10 games under 500, I guess is hot. Well, I kept on going. He goes, the Hawks just had a week of going 3-1 and one and 4-2 and two in two weeks with a one over the Spurs. Are they a good team? No, but context is key. Are they a good team? They're a bad team. They're the worst team in the NBA, except they try. They play hard. 
The Pels came into Atlanta on the second game of a back-to-back, arriving at 3 a.m. that day after beating Boston in OT. These are not football matchups. I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, Cody. What do you think he means by not football matchups? We should have Jesse on the show. I, I What does that mean? Is it a mental? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't understand. It's not football matchups. I guess it, it, it. I don't know what that means. I don't understand that either. Yeah, because it's it, it's got to be a mental right. thing. I, I mean, most be, of the but. time, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time in a series, the better team wins. Yeah. You don't win four times in a seven-game stretch and the better team not win. Right. Not all the time, but a lot of times. And maybe it's the goalie in hockey or the, you know, Oral Hershiser pitches a lot or whatever the case is. Right, but it gets rid of that on any given day. That's right. Deal. That happens in football, happens in the NCAA, right? Someone goes down with a bad ankle or in the last, uh, you know, 10 minutes of a game or foul trouble or whatever the case is, you may not get their best. So I don't know what that means. And so this is where he took, this is where I got a little Schultz sarcastic. I said, you need to start doing PR for Bitcoin. Is it Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Uh, that's a nice spin on why the Pelicans lost to the worst team in the NBA by blowing a 15-point halftime lead. So he took that a little bit personally. He got hot under the collar on that one. All right, and I said I wasn't cherry-picking. Um, I was all over it from uh, the beginning. Then I tried to go back and forth. What do you think they're going to do over their last, their next six? Yeah, three and three most likely. Anything less than three and three is bad. Anything more than three and three is good. Because I, I fully expect them to lose to both Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Back to back on the road. Those are tough. Uh, I'm hoping they beat the Clippers. They should beat the Kings, though they've lost to them before. They got the Hornets tonight. Let's see if they can keep it going tonight. All kinds of turmoil with Charlotte. And then what did he say? God, I get. Um, he goes, all in all, you're still not convincing how the Pell situation is uniquely bad or worse compared to the teams they're competing against in the West from the sixth spot down. I don't remember making that argument. The West is not nearly as good as in past years. I don't mind them losing to the Knicks, but not after losing to the Mavs, a lack of desire. And losing to the Hawks after beating the Celtics shows complacency. I mean, I guess we're dancing around. It's, I think, uh, uh, Quigley, Jason Quigley mentioned it. There, there's a lack of... Desire sometimes. You can see it. Right? I'm no NBA expert. But you can watch them play when they play in the third quarter and see a lack of execution, see a lack of desire. When Joel Myers gets on the TV and is saying, can we skip the third quarter? Now, I'm not making this out of thin air. Jake Madison, our buddy from Locked On Pels, and he was on with uh, Ben Love yesterday, he did a whole thing on what's wrong with the Pelicans in the third quarter. A little bit too in-depth for me yesterday. I got to probably need a little, you know, maker's mark and diet before I delve into that. A little bit uh, higher analytics that I wanted to look at. But you can go read it. Again, no one's complaining that they're not playing that they're high watermark of the year. All right. I mean, even I know uh, Ben said this, you know, Fletcher Mackerel down there uh, from WDSU. Um you know, he thought that they were going to get fired after the Bulls game. You know, don't pick, Elvin Gentry, don't pick up the phone from the 251 area code. You know, that's Mobile. That's where they're hanging out. You know, you may get fired. Don't pick up the phone. And then they came back and won. Got a little bit lucky with a missed free throw. Now let's see if they can pick it up and, you know, do it against the Hornets, who are not very good. All right. And then you have a huge game on Friday against Houston. 
which is going to set the tone for the next handful of games. Because what we're all looking at here, basically, is, you know, and it's a tall task, and I freely admit it. All right. Can the Pelicans get in a position of having home court advantage? They're not that far away. All right. Despite their win last night, San Antonio seems to be imploding from the inside out. Even though they did dominate the Cavs. And I'm not asking about, you know, can you beat Minnesota on the road? Can you beat Oklahoma City? Can you take care of Houston? I hope they take care of Houston, but I don't think they will. I mean, if I had to pick one, I'm thinking that's the game that maybe they can sneak a win in. Uh, but I don't think they will. I'm hoping they do. But you got to beat the bad teams. And I don't care if you beat the bad teams by one, like they got away with, with the Bulls. You know, no style points. But you got to beat the bad, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. There is no way that a team with Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis should lure, should lose to the Hawks. I don't care if the Hawks have a week off and the Pels played six straight days. They're too talented of a team. And that's a la- that's complacency and coaching. I mean, Alvin Gentry, we'll get into Alvin Gentry here when we come back. We got to take a break. I mean, because Alvin Gentry looks more like he's coaching an eight-year-old soccer team than he is a professional basketball team. Hey, guys, good job. Who, who hasn't played yet? Who hasn't played? Who are you going to get in? Good job. Good job, guys. All right. Keep it going. All right. Keep your heads up. We'll be back. More sports chat after this on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game. 1037thegame.com. And when you feel cold, I warm you. And when you feel you can't go on, I come and hold you. Oh, like two and a half segments on well, two segments on the Pelicans. Goodness. We'll do more tomorrow. I mean, they're at a high watermark of the year. Four games over 500. Don't blow it. Because you got a couple of tough games coming up. The the the, uh, the Clippers are 500, but now they got uh, Blake. As long as that doesn't change in the next couple of days, which is absolutely good. Chris Player coming up at the bottom of the uh, hour. Ben Love at a quarter of eight, talking about the Cajuns. Uh, well, a lot of people don't care, would be my answer, would be my question. We found out people don't care, but why don't they care? 17-3, and three, they haven't lost since February uh, 11th, 2017 at home. We're in January 2018. They haven't lost in 11 months. I know they don't play the whole time, but. You know what I'm saying, all right? They are have won eleven at home, twelve in a row. They've won twelve in a row at home. Pretty good. Uh, Matt Graves, head coach of South L, eight seventeen, and uh, we'll talk more Pels. Oh my goodness, with Kushner uh, at eight forty five. This is Kush. Uh, anyways, Elvin Gentry. So my uh, my nephew Sam playing basketball now, and for the first time, he's twelve and a half years old. Maybe not quite, but close. Uh, is playing uh, is playing basketball, and for the first time since he's playing basketball, he has a coach. All right, coach yells, maybe a little bit too much, but my brother, the doctor, would you know snuff it out if it got too bad. So, buddy makes him run. You know, a little bit of a harsh tone of voice if you're not in the right spot when you're supposed to be. I mean, they're still twelve years old, and this is a weekend league. It's not 
high school yet. I mean, you know, he's still just 12. But that's different from being where he was at eight or nine, where it's, come on, guys. Everyone pass the ball. You know, we'll get everybody else in to play the game. Good effort, guys. Keep your head up. We'll get them next time. No, they're at the point where you want to kind of win, right? At 12 years old, you want you want to win. He was so de- they played in the championship game or maybe in the semifinals game uh, last time out, and he was so disappointed when they lost. He had a good game, but he was disappointed that they lost. anybody anybody see anything different than Alvin Gentry? Doesn't it look like he's coaching the eight year old basketball team? Let's go, guys! Keep your heads up. Don't worry about it. We'll get him on this possession. It, it almost looks like he does not. He's afraid to upset anybody, right? Are they going to keep Boogie Cousins? Are they going to keep Anthony Davis? Yeah, it doesn't look. It just looks like he does not want to rock the boat. Admittedly, you know he's not in the same spot as a Greg Popovich. I mean, even Tyron Luce having issues up there in Cleveland, right? He's not in a in a good spot either these days even though he's won a championship. But it, it just seems like there is this coddling of the Pelicans that is not being productive. You can't have the same problems game in and game out and not be able to fix it. Do something different. But he just looks like he's Sitting on the bench, was he a little teary-eyed? I don't say he was crying, but it looked like he had something. He had red eyes and looked like he had something in his eyes the other night. The camera had just missed a big yawn. Oh, is that right what it was? Right before that eyes something were wide. Like yeah. And I get you can't be who you're You're not, right? I mean, if Alvin Gentry's a nice man, which it seems to be, he's respectful, right? Uh, little uh, um, understated, for sure. So you can't just you can't expect them to be, you know, a Bill Parcells or or a Greg Popovich or anything like that. But you know, Steve Kerr's the same way. He doesn't have a problem yelling. That's where he was. You know, I don't want to say that's where he was groomed, but that's where he came from. Oh, you would think that somewhere along the way he would get upset somewhere. All right. Now, what Jesse Brooks is saying is true. You know, they're in a good spot. Others are saying that they've had exceeded expectations. The problem is, you know, they've only exceeded expectations because no one was really sure how this was going to work. Well, hasn't Boogie and Anthony Davis worked better than anybody thought they could? Aren't they averaging like 52 points a game? Like almost 30 rebounds a game or something like that? You know, 25 rebounds a game? It's worked better than anybody ever expected. Those two guys is everybody else that hasn't worked on a consistent enough basis. That's been the problem. And so when Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins are exhausted, you know, from playing, you know, back-to-back overtime games over three days, and even though they build a 15-point lead on the road against the Hawks, I don't understand how you can have a team with Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis, you know, that can't put up more points than 33 in the second half. All right, they scored 27 in the third quarter the other night against the Bulls. They scored 33 in the second half against the Hawks. Not good. All right, one hour down, two to go. On a Wednesday morning, Yacht Rock Sports Chat. Chris Blair, Ben Love, 
South Al coach Matt Graves and Scott D. Kushner. All still to come. Hour number two of a Wednesday morning Outrock Sports Chat coming up next on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette. Just after 7 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 1037 The Game. Listen live with the 1037 The Game mobile app or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super Team. It's on right now. Oh, hi. I'm Hollywood Steve. You caught me relaxing in my music nook. From 1976 to 1984, the radio airwaves were dominated by really smooth music, also known as Yacht Rock. These Yacht Rockers docked a remarkable fleet of number one hits, and every song has a story behind it. Let me tell you one. It's better though, and I'm not, and I'm not even being kind. It is better. You're not being kind. You're being mean. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not patronizing you. I okay, guess all, the right. Way. I'm, all right. Because it is this. You were only off by, I'd say, like a half account that time, as opposed to. Uh, it felt like previously you, you just was like, oh, I'll start singing now. <laughs> but I, again, I've, I, I like this song. I need to start listening to it more than just once a week because. Uh, you know, I don't know it yet, but I do like the way it sounds. I mean, Hall and Oates, you can't really complain. And they're much. coming to New Orleans. Oh, yeah. And who are they with? The uh, train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that's that right there. I mean, yes. Please and thank you. I mean, you, you may have a couple of trips down to... Uh, you, you may have a couple of trips down to New Orleans this year, huh? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm sure I, it, you got one at least. Yes, one one right. is going to be an insane weekend, but getting through it pretty darn cheap, so I can't be too mad. Thank you, older brother, for living in New Orleans. Oh, there you go. All right, and, uh, and also planning on haven't purchased the tickets yet, uh, but looking for the place to stay. We're probably going to make the trip to the Shriners Classic again this year. No, that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I need dude, to do that. Dude, it's fun, man. Right. And right, check right. out the Airbnbs in that area. Are uh, at least last year when we went, the right. Airbnbs were plentiful. It's a good area. I mean, they were nice. And so that, that's the way we're trying to do it again because we were walking distance to the field. I mean, it, it's the way to go. You know, the Tigers were there last year. We got the Cajuns there this year. So Yeah. So we're thinking about that. That's, just, you know, because you got that week and then the Sunbelt Tournament is the next weekend. So if Basketball. You miss, if, yeah. So I'm not too concerned about missing the regular season finale. Oh, well. Right, and I guess can't that, be all places at all times. Would that championship game for the Sun Belt be on that Sunday? No, it's the next weekend. Oh, it's the following. Excuse me, following, following week. Okay, yeah, following weekend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. we'll hopefully go to New Orleans for that because you know they're going to be, I think, playing for the playing to go to the NCAA. Right. We'll see. Got to stay healthy. I mean, Gotta good healthy. teams 
are good, and at this point in the season, the Cajuns are a good team. Well, they just, uh, okay, and the Sun Belt, Sun Belt's a little bit down, to be honest with you. All right, I think Georgia Southern was, we'll see if they were a paper tiger, you know, losing on the road at Georgia State, their rival, badly. So we'll see how that pans out. But their hardest game coming up, I mean, their hardest two ball games coming up are, are what's happening now. It, it, well, not now. Uh, it's after this. It's after Troy. It's after South Al. It's after ULM. It is Georgia State and then Georgia Southern. Now, they'll have to go to Alabama on the road, but that's it. Honestly, they only got five five road games left. They don't have to go to the Georgia schools on the road. Or uh, they don't have to play the Georgia schools here, I should say. No. They got uh, at ULM. That'll be their 20th win. And we'll see if they get 21 and 22. That'll be the toughest games they play for the rest of the year, regular season. They do get Texas State back here. They'll be looking for revenge and, of course, UTA. The only thing I'm scared about is if somehow they play UTA in the first round. I'm seeing how that works out of the... I don't think they can play them in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They should get a relatively average to below average team in the first in their first game would be the second round I think and that's on a Thursday and we do have stay tuned for details about our about our uh Sunbelt uh, conference tournament giveaway yeah, we, Sunbelt right. Sunbelt hasn't the, put two teams in the NCAA the tournament work. since 2013 so and that would be oh, was, since 2013. The Cajuns were 2014. Right. They were the only team in. In 2013, the Sun Belt put in Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Two teams right. that, are they even both still in the conference? No. Any no, 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 no. The problem was that the way they did the tournament is because teams kept on losing. Like the Cajuns, instead of having to win three, they only had to win two. They had the double buys. They don't have that anymore. No double buys. It's kind of a real tournament. You have to win three games. That seems a little bit a little more of a tournament instead of a double buy. Oh. Yeah, it's and, and, and you don't have, to, and they won't have to play all the top three teams because you know two of them are going to knock each other off, or one of them is going to knock the other off. It should be, and you never know if there's an upset. Hopefully, the Cajuns are not part of the upset. So we'll see. Long way to go. All right, Southdale tomorrow. Black uh, a blackout. All right, Bob Marlin tweeted out the uh, the T-shirt there with white writing. Uh, so we'll see if it's again. I'm hoping for six thousand, and again, that's where we start uh, hour number two uh, of a uh, Wednesday morning Yacht Rock Sports Chat. Dave Schultz, Cody shoots live in the Shoprite Tobacco Plus studios. All right, I think we got it with the uh, Facebook Live deal. Is that the camera's good now? All right, uh, and we're on Periscope, and we're on the Twitterverse, and everything along those lines. Okay, so again, why? Why don't people come out and see Cajuns basketball? All right. I would get it if it was average to middling. All right. Uh, Even if they were winning some close games but losing some close games, that's the best offensive team in the league. It's the best defensive team in the league. One night could be Bryce Washington. One night could be Marcus Stroman. One night could be Frank Bartley. One night could be Jonathan Stove. One night could be Jakeen Gant. One night can be, I'm forgetting somebody, Mar- uh, Malik Marchetti. You know, Cedric Russell got off to a really great start. He's maybe found his stroke once again. You know, and, and, the, and the Cajuns can go even deeper than that with P.J. Hardy. 
and Jerikus Davis. And Lorenz Dalkop and Justin Miller. Justin Miller had 14 points against uh, Texas State. Had a couple of great passes out of double teams against UTA. So, again, Bob Marlin even explained this to me. They were 3-14 and 14 in his first year. They went on this 10-game winning streak, and they were packed to the rafters. Another team not in the league anymore, Denver. I don't know how Denver's in the Sun Belt, but whatever. <laughs> you know. And they beat Denver, but they lost in the first round of the Sun Belt Commerce Tournament, so they went 14-15 and 15 instead of 15-14, and 14, and then even a loss would have been 15-15. and 15. He thinks they would have gone to the NIT. But the next year, no one showed up. And then he had some turmoil with, the, with, the, uh, with everything, and it was a bad year. But that was, you know, Peyton's sophomore year and Sean Long's uh, freshman year. Then the team got it going in the second part of the next season, and still fans weren't really coming out. I think the biggest crowd up until recently, Cody, I'll tell you, the biggest crowd that they had was our, I don't even know if you were part of the station, we gave away, you know, T-shirts and a chance to win, you know, ten grand or so from half-court shots, and, you know, over 5,000 people were there despite icy and cold conditions. And iced over the night before, the referees had trouble getting to the game. I mean, that's so, good, yeah. yeah, and we had over 5,000, maybe close to 6,000 fans there. Pretty neat. Pretty good. Biggest crowd of the year that year by far. Right. Now they're doing pretty bad. They're doing a little bit better this year. Uh, you know, four or 5,000. I get it if you're not coming out for Louisiana College, Savannah State. I may have missed one of those games. And it's not it's not the Cajuns' fault that New Orleans isn't nearly as good or, you know, Southeast may not be that good. And then they play the Carolina teams, and they're not that good. And then ULM is not that good. But all that means is wins. So, again, I, I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, according to our poll, that people don't care about the Cajuns basketball team. Why don't they care? What has, what has happened recently that prevents people from caring? It's not on the radar. Right? It, it, it can't be, I think Como mentioned, can't be traffic. Right? Is it traffic? I mean, these games tend to like, Thursday night's game is not going to start until after 7.15. And then the closer to 7.30. They had had these women's games that's starting at 4, and they pushed this one up to, or moved it back to five because they wanted the they you know they've wanted these uh, men's games to start at seven, but now the men's game is slated to start at seven fifteen. We'll probably start at seven thirty. Traffic's gone, right? People can get home, grab something to eat, or stay at work late and come up to the dome. You don't even have to park at the dome. You can park across the street at Cajun Field and little walk, which isn't that bad. Not near. Not as not that bad at all. So I, again, I'm I'm trying to figure out why people don't care, and what would it do? What what do you need to happen for to care? All right, uh, Julio Fuentes is saying that not enough pro prospects on the team. Well, they didn't come with Peyton on the squad. People didn't come with Sean Long on the squad. I mean, who are they expecting? It's, uh, you know, it's a Sun Belt. There may not be three pro prospects in the entire league. So I'm not exactly sure what people are are looking for when it comes to you know the talent on the Cajuns you just you're just not going to get a more a, a deeper more versatile team than what you got right now the only thing they're missing is some serious size you know Bryce for all his girth is still only 6'6 
Jakinen's 6'7", and Justin may be 6'9". He's really the only big guy up there, and he still likes to face the basket, but can do it. Uh, he can play with his back towards the basket as well. We're hoping for more people, all right, because it's a, it would be a serious home court advantage, all right. Not that I think they need it these two games, but I mean I still think they're going to be twenty and three and see where they go from there. All right, they did go up in the Ken Palm or the Warren Nolan RPI to like fifty eight, and remember on the Lenardi uh, bracketology, uh, they're a twelve seed, got a a BPI. That's the Mickey Mouse Network's own little rating system compared to RPI. It's forty eight. Not that far away. All right. All right. Uh, we'll be back. More sports chat. Let's talk a little Saints when we come back. On Acadiana Sports Station, 107 The Game, 107 thegamecom Got a feeling that forever. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Schultz, on a Wednesday morning Yacht Rock Sports Chat. Again, just wondering why people don't care. I mean, they're good as good as as good as they're going to be. I get it when people don't show up last year because the stadium's not quite done and the team's not quite as good as hey, they usually have been, and people were hoping they were. I get that. I get it. If this team was, what are they, seventeen and three? So if they were, so that's twenty games. 12 and 8, you know, 14 and 6, 13 and 7, kind of middling, but they're really good. They're really good. And they're fun to watch. The only thing we really haven't seen is them, you know, come from behind win. I mean, a series come from behind win, not like, you know, down 18 to 4 in the first five minutes and then kind of steamroll UTA in the second half. That doesn't count. All right, let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline. Who you got, Cody? Ralph's on the phone. Hey, Ralph. Good morning, my friend. Where were you yesterday, Ralph, when I needed you? <laughs> oh man, uh, actually had to work uh, for oh. change. Well, priorities, Uh-oh. Ralph. When I'm hosting <laughs> Perks of the Game by myself, priority. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, man. That's all right. I uh, actually had a had a lot of lot of golf stuff to talk about. Oh, there uh, you go. So, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I can't believe that uh, you and Cody haven't gotten y'all invites to uh, do a guest set with Hall and Oates yet. I mean, that's that's got to be on the way, right? I would. Well, it'd uh, be nice. I wouldn't <laughs> hold my breath. I mean, just you got to send some demo tapes in. I mean, you know, obviously uh, that that would just I would that would sell tickets. That would you know or keep people away. <laughs> no, Dave. I, you know, uh, when you talk about the, the, the Cajun uh, situation with basketball, and and um, I just think UL, you know, I went there from 77 to, to 81, and, and back, back then, I mean... So that was the Andrew Tony years. You got the oh, Andrew yeah. Tony years. Yeah, okay. I, got, I got the Andrew Tony years, and, and Blackham Coliseum was packed to the rafters. And, uh, but what was really exciting um, was the students said, I mean, you, you, could, you know, students were just overflowing over there. You know, probably half the crowd were, were students, and... Uh, I'm going to my first game this Thursday, so I don't really know whether or not students are showing up or not. But I think that's, you know, now there's so many other things with the social media and all the things they do now, kids, rather than go to sporting events. Uh, I think that that takes away probably maybe a 1,000 a game. 
but what I think UL's always done a poor job of is marketing themselves. And, and you know, this is a good basketball team. You should have billboards around town, you right. know, flashing the 17-3, and three, come catch more in January, you know, things like that. Um, and, and, right. and also um, doing some promotions to where, you know, uh, one night uh, uh, kids 12 and under get in free with a paid uh, adult ticket. Um, you know, just, just things to, you know, a, a family night, family of four gets in for 20 bucks, you know, just entertainment uh, uh, dollars are, are, well, are tight. That, and, that would be big, you know, Ralph. Just to get, that would be big because, you know, if they're counting on people to buy the concessions, they'll make all the money back up there. <laughs> well, and, and but when that's the other thing I want to talk about is that I think they ought to, I know they get a cut of the concessions, but they contract those concessions out, and they're ridiculous. I mean, the price, they, re- they really are, you know. Right. And, and, you know, it's it's awesome to be able to go to a UL event and be able to buy beer as a beer consumer. I love that. Sure. But I really hate paying nine seventy five or whatever is it is. Is that what it is, nine seventy five uh, for it, a beer? It's, it's at least, yeah, well... When I What's went last pack? year, it was nine. Somebody told me it was nine seventy five. Now it was nine last year. How much does um, a six pack cost? You know what a six pack costs? Oh, a six pack runs about. It depends on which which you get, but but you know, seven like, bucks. You know, six um, seven bucks. So, I mean, the markup. Yeah. Right. So the markup is is just outrageous. Bit, you know, and yeah. and um, you know, like I know I went to a few uh, cane cutters uh, baseball games, and they ran some. You know, they they, they would draw like. Maybe three hundred a night or whatever. Right, right. They had dollar beer night a few times. They had right. a couple thousand people there. You know, sure. um, yeah, that's right. And, and you know, I just think and that to, and to, that you know, to my uh, cane cutter friends, uh, you know, that's Trek. That's out. Uh, you know, Youngsville. Yeah, that's right, not right. in the middle of town. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, just from you know running promotions and and because it's really yeah tickets are cheap you know tickets are not expensive to get into the game right. but it's what you once you get out the game i mean at that time, time i went last year you know i think i paid 12 dollars for the tickets or whatever by the time i got out i had spent a 100 dollar bill you know uh, on two people so right. it was um you know just I, I, again but i just think the idea of marketing has always been a, a ul problem um and and they need to do a better job all right well Ralph, you know? it should be noted someone pointed out because i don't know if i've ever purchased a beer. well i probably have at a concert maybe but the beer for nine bucks is 32 ounces so that's technically almost three beers to be honest with you right well yeah i don't i don't remember it being 32 ounces okay but, but all right if it was 32 ounces i'd have had a pretty good buzz by the time <laughs> I all right, right. I then you only need to buy two of them and there you go yeah, I don't think they were thirty-two ounce okay. beers, but right. uh, but but no, it's uh, but I mean, you know, nachos are like seven something. You know, it's just ridiculous price. It's right. like you know, going to the movies. That's why I don't go to the movies anymore. I mean, you know, love theater popcorn. I hate paying ten bucks for a bucket. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. You go to you know, you go to a matinee. You feel like you got in for under eight bucks, and all of a sudden, you know, you get a soda, yeah. you get a soda and a popcorn, two smalls, and all of a sudden it was like thirteen dollars. Uh, exactly, you know. But uh, but anyway, I just think running more promotions, getting you know, getting, uh, and I know it's you know maybe it's not, but on a Saturday, a Saturday, you know, when kids don't have school the next day, that's the time to run you know family promotions and try to sure. try to get um, you know get some some younger and you know you kind of hook those younger fans. You need to you need to, you need to grow your fan base early, you know, and and, and right. make them want to go, right. you know. So because well, I mean, there's no reason there's no reason an ice hockey team should have been here for a number of years. 
that were drawing 10,000 a night, you know, for, to watch ice hockey where nobody even knew what, what was going on, right. half the, half the fans, but it was, you know, but they ran great, great promotions and, 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 and they marketed themselves. They had the ice skaters going out into the local schools and, and meeting with the kids and reading stories to them and just, you know, you know, and then kids want to go to the game. So the parents take them, you know, right. it's just, it's, it's not that complicated. I, I don't think, you know, but anyway. Well, I mean, you're you're right about that. I've heard from either from some coaches as well. You know, for a long time here, and obviously there's a new regime, and that's going to take a while for it to take effect. I appreciate the call, Ralph. But a lot of times it was like, you know, we're opening up the gates. Come on out. You know, I think I've been over this before. You know, there has been no, there's no group sales department for the Cajuns. How can they have that? You know, but that's changing now. I think with uh, Learfield, we'll see if they open up and uh, you know ticket sales. Should be easy. Hey, you want to bring a group out from your church or your little league team or, you know, your office and have discounted rates and, you know, we'll, if you want food, we'll put that in there as well. All right, LSU, big win over AM. They sweep the Aggies wire to wire, as I like to say. We'll talk to the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Player, after this on a Kitty Anna Sports Station at 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Dave Schultz, Cody Schutz on the Yacht Rock Wednesday morning sports chat. Ben Love coming up just, uh, well, after our next guest. All right, so we'll be on in about 10, 11 minutes. Let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline. A quicker turnaround than I thought it was going to be because I thought it was a 5.30 game, but it turned out to be an 8 o'clock game. But it worked out well for the Tigers. It's the voice of LSU, Chris Blair, as he's basking in the glow of the wire-to-wire 77-65 to victory over a Good morning, Chris. How are you? Fantastic. What a fun night at the Maravich Center. I mean, what an exciting game to watch and be yeah. a part of. It was uh, very reminiscent of that trip up to Fayetteville and certainly by far the, the best performance at home in, in conference play against a team that, you know, really you look at the matchups across the floor going into it and you think, my goodness, what is it that LSU will have to do to That's offset right. their disadvantage? And and they did it. I mean, they, they got an up-tempo pace extremely early in the game. I think they got Texas A&M a little winded. They had them on their heels defensively. They never looked comfortable. Um, and, you know, credit Tremont Waters. I mean, again, he flirted with a triple-double, 15 points, um, you know, eight assists, nine assists, one turnover, had eight steals, and just absolutely abused Admon Gilder, who is considered a pretty good defensive guard. who They did not face in the first meeting. Um because of injury. Uh, but I got to tell you, Billy Kennedy at times I thought was going to call 911. I mean, it was absolute abuse by Tremont Waters against Gilder. And uh, eventually Gilder missed a good portion of the second half. And I think, frankly, it was just because he had no effect at all at Tremont Waters. Well, Waters struggled from the floor 5 of 14, but nine assists and really impressive eight steals, only one turnover. Take that every night of the week. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I don't know if you heard the Will Wade comments after the game. Cody, can you play that? Because he sounds miserable. Yeah, Coach, uh, first SEC home win tonight. Uh, just talk about how, you know, that feels, you know, giving one back. It's good. I mean, you just just think about all the other ones you let slip away. I mean, if we'd have played with this edge, I don't even want to think about it. So, it makes me sick. 
but I'm happy to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm thrilled to win. Makes me sick. <laughs> That's not exactly... You sounded much more up than he did, and that was... You know, 10 minutes after they won the game. <laughs> well, he, he came out. He comes out and joins us immediately after meeting with right. the team. And uh, we were in commercial break, and Coach Brady and I gave him a fist bump, congratulated him, and, and that's exactly what he said. He said, guys, can you imagine? He said, we get this kind of effort. You know, we probably win the Bama game. We probably more than likely win the Georgia game. And if we go over and, and just play, um, you know, with that type of intensity, especially defensively, um, you're going to win that game at Vanderbilt. I mean, right. all of a sudden, that really does change the makeup of where you are. But sure. having said that, uh, you know, again, I, I know he enjoyed the win, but uh, it's hard for a guy that's as competitive as he is and knows what the potential for this team is. Right. Again, that's looking at what they did in Fayetteville and looking what they did last night, um, I think on paper most people thought both of those games were going to be the toughest uh, so far outside of Kentucky possibly. Um, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But, hey, you'll take the win and hopefully build some of that momentum because it's going to be a tough one Saturday on the plane. We're talking to Chris Blair, uh, the uh, voice of the LSU Tigers, on the Ropes Open Dope LSU Midweek Report. The problem is, Chris, if they've had too much success too early. You, that's exactly right. We mentioned it as well. We'll wait to see the potential of this team. Not only being able to you know, stay with teams that they weren't supposed to and they come from behind and make games close that could have been 25-point blowouts, that would have been 25-point blowouts, Last year, and then they hang tight against A&M on the road, pull it out. Blow out Arkansas on the road, and then he doesn't get what he wants or what he thinks their potential is up to, and he's still frustrated, right? He, he's, I mean, talk about not putting a game behind you. Like you said, he's still upset about Vanderbilt, still upset about Alabama, and still upset about Georgia uh, because he knows what the team is capable of already, even though a lot of the roster's been turned over and, you know, he doesn't have the, quite the talent that he will, especially even even next year. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Alabama's a good team, a very good team, and, and take nothing away from them, uh, especially, you know, the fact that uh, they played tough, they got some really good athletes, and they beat, a, you know, arguably the best team in the league in, in Auburn last week. But outside of that game, again, where LSU had chances, again, I go back to the fact that, that Coach Will Wade is one of those coaches in this day and age, and you don't find it a lot. Uh, simply because of the way society is. But he holds his players responsible. He holds them accountable. They come up with a game plan. He stresses to the players, hey, look, our guys work nonstop, breaking down film, trying to put you guys in the best position to win. But when shots need to be made, defensive stops need to be made, being in position has to be done. That ultimately falls on the player. Uh, and that's, you know, it's kind of refreshing because, again, sometimes maybe coaches this day and age are, uh, looked down upon because they, they, they call players out. I don't think it's calling players out. I think it's holding them accountable. Uh, and he does a very good job of that. And I think, again, that goes to why uh, sometimes it's frustrating because he has seen what they can do, and he's not going to let them back off of that. He's not going to let them put a subpar performance in and go, okay, guys, well, you know, get them next time. Hey, let's work a little harder. I mean, they put in the work. Uh, right. And right. so I think he demands the – the uh, the response and the execution. And, uh, you know, when they put it all together, they're a really, really good team and a lot to handle. I, th- I think you can always ask for the effort on defense. And the other team is trying, too. You know, they're trying to stop you from making shots. So I uh, I can understand where maybe, you know, sometimes those the shots just don't fall. Uh, but the defensive effort should always be there. All right, meanwhile, let's look ahead. Saturday afternoon, uh, you get Auburn, like you said, best team in the conference where they had 16 wins. What they... Uh, you know, and Bruce Pearl's done a, he's held on to his job as of right now. We'll see how much longer that is. Uh, and they've just had a great season. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember the last two seasons when you looked at Auburn and you thought, boy, they're they're really made up with some talented freshmen that played well at times and then looked like freshmen at other times. Now those guys are sophomores and juniors, uh, and it's a really athletic team. I mean, they've got size, they've got athleticism, and now they've got experience with a lot of games under their belt. And that's why they're seventeen and one. That's why they've got one conference loss, and it's also why they're ten and zero at home uh, on the season. Uh, so they get a game coming up tonight, uh, and then LSU goes over there on on Saturday. But you know, I look at it. Um, you know, who knows what what what'll take place when they toss the ball into the air, but. You know, I think this Tiger team understands that if they go out and, and follow the game plan, the game plan is going to be put together. It's going to be different than the game plan against Texas A&M because it's not going to be that big a size difference. I mean, Auburn has size, but, you know, when you looked at what they had to do, A&M's got linked everywhere at the three, at the two, at the one. Um, so they had a different game plan, and it'll be different. But they'll have a game plan for Saturday. And I think Coach Will Wade and his staff has emboldened this team to understand they can go out and execute, and as you said, sometimes shots don't fall. Uh, but they can't let that affect them on the defensive end, and it can't let them affect them uh, in continuing to, to go at it on the offensive end. But if they execute a game plan, I think it could be an interesting game. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people across the league still early in this race, Dave, that, that kind of look at LSU as, well, it's a work in progress. They've had a couple of flashes of brilliance, but overall – uh, we should win this game. And hopefully that's the way these other teams keep that mindset because uh, LSU's getting more and more confident as each game goes by. And I, I think the one last night uh, goes a long way. All right, let's wrap it up here with uh, Chris Blair, LSU baseball, right around the corner. And it's going to get all underway, underway unofficially uh, this Sunday. Are you going to be hanging uh, hanging out with the uh, returning of the conquering hero, World Series champ Alex Bregman at the first pitch uh, banquet on uh, on Sunday, 6 p.m.? Unfortunately, I will be unable to mm. attend. My wife is uh, on business this weekend, and nope. I'm uh, on dad duty, and Got I it. actually won't be getting back until late Saturday. So I, okay. I'll have to be at the house. But, uh, yeah, it should be a great night. The auction going on now. And, yeah, it's going to be great uh, for folks to get out there and hear Alex Bregman and also get a preview of the team from Coach Paul Maneri, um, which, as you said, I mean, it's just around the corner, opening up with Notre Dame. Um, a lot of talent on this team, Dave. Uh, it's going to be a little getting used to over the last two seasons because this year, 17, I believe, of the 32 on the roster uh, are first-year players, whether right. they've yeah. transferred in or, or, right. or true freshmen. But, boy, they have a lot of talent. They were fun to watch mm-hmm. during fall ball. They're going to crank up practice on Friday. going to get a chance to see uh, some of those practices before opening day. But, uh, hey, it's going to be, I think, one of those teams. I'll go ahead and say it now. It's going to be a team that's going to continually get better as right. the season goes, right. and that's right. what's great about college baseball. I hope fans don't get frustrated early if, if they don't just win 12 in a row because um, well, they have a pretty good non-conference. They will. They're LSU fans. They will. They expect to go undefeated and be in Omaha you know, by, by March. Quickly, though, are you going to be able to pull a Marv Albert? Because I think one dime, at least once, maybe more than once, he called a Jets game and then called a Rangers game. There's a 1 p.m. Missouri home game, basketball, February 17th, 1 p.m. Notre Dame baseball game against LSU, 4 p.m. Can you do both? Yep, we're doing both. Yeah! We're going yeah! to fire up the golf cart and jet across Nicholson Drive and get from the PMAC to the box and, and do both games. You got a police escort? No, no, no. Oh, I'll come have on. Mike the Tiger on a golf cart. No, all I need is Mike the Tiger. He'll clear that. <laughs> yeah, way. that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. All right, Chris, I appreciate it, man. We'll be listening. Auburn uh, this Saturday, 4.30 pregame show, 5 p.m. tip-off. All the best. 
Thank you, Dave. Same to you. There you go. All right, that is a long day for one Mr. Chris Blair. A lot of fun. But he's going to be on at 12.30 on Missouri, and he's going to finish up around 7.30 against Notre Dame. Had a long day. But that's where the fun comes in. All right, let's bring in uh, the host of Bumper to Bumper Sports, Ben Love. He's been covering college basketball. He grew up uh, you know, in South Louisiana, Baton Rouge. He's been here for the last few years. He knows what it's like when the crowds come and why they don't. We'll ask him about it here now. All right. Uh, right after these messages on a kid and a sports station. 1037 The Game. 1037thegame.com. Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots on a Wednesday morning Yacht Rock Sports Chat. Again, rumors are uh, Thomas Morstead going to join us tomorrow. We'll see. Saints punter. All right. We said that yesterday, but allegedly he's coming on tomorrow. We'll see. And we'll keep on promoting it <laughs> until he comes on. All right. Uh, we'll have the uh, head coach of uh, South Al at 817, Matt Graves. They're coming on to take the Cajuns. Tomorrow night in the Cajun Dome, let's go out to the 1037 The Game Arco Equipment Hotline and bring in our buddy, the host of a Bumper to Bumper Sports. He's all over town. He's the BLT, the Ben Love Tour. It's Ben Love. Good morning, Benjamin. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you and Cody? I am doing great. All right, so I, I've i had this issue for a while now that people don't come to basketball games. I begged him to come when Alfred Payton was here. I didn't know where he was going to be the kind of pick that he wasn't. Then Sean Long and... You know, they kind of been middling the last couple of years, but you sort of saw how good this team was going to be early on, and they have not lost anyone besides Clemson since Thanksgiving. They're on a seven-game winning streak overall. Cajun Dome since last February. Um, and again, the crowds weren't bad, but, you know, you think they could get a little bit more. What is your theory on basketball crowds? Because at one point in time, you know, this place rocked and rolled with basketball. I that was a long time ago. Why hasn't it turned around, or why hasn't it carried, you know, since Bob Marlin's team, you know, went on that run in his first year? It just, it just dropped off after that. Well, it's layered. I would tell you that. But I, I think what you may potentially be missing the boat is it's not a UL thing, not a UL problem, not a Lafayette, Acadiana area fan problem. It's a Louisiana thing. And we know this, that basketball is not first up. It's not king. That's football. And it's not second up. Sure. That's baseball. And right. so the first thing you deal with is, you got football season that goes into November and December. You got baseball season that starts in February. And try to get tickets at the Teague right now. There are home games this season. Try to get tickets at the box. There are just bloodthirsty fans that are excited about those two. And basketball comes in between. I tell you, this is a guy who loves basketball. Sure. I spend more time in college and high school gyms in the state than I care to remember. Okay, and you see the same games. So the people that love basketball and they are a fierce group. They'll be at everything, but it's hard to get the non-casual you know, fan. The casual fan is not only dealing with football and baseball season, bracketing it. The casual fan also with basketball season is dealing with Thanksgiving, dealing with Christmas. They're dealing with New Year's. They're dealing with Mardi Gras. Right. And so basketball, unfortunately, comes in this period of time where it's hard to get the this Joe or Jane fan in there because there's so much else going on. And for the guys that are going to every football and baseball game, that's where they take a breath, and that's where they rest a little bit. So, unfortunately, basketball has loyal fans, but they're outnumbered. They're like soccer and lacrosse are, I think, in other states. And so 
it's not a Cajun fan's problem. And I don't think that this team would win every single game they played on this year, which was eminently possible. I don't think it's going to move the needle all that much on how many fans go there. And I don't think it's Marlon's fault. I don't think it's the team's fault. It's just the lay of the land in Louisiana. Yeah, that is interesting because he did have, and he mentioned it to me on Monday at the press conference. You know, the team was three and fourteen in his first year, and they had this thrilling overtime victory against Monroe, where they drew five thousand, and it just kind of snowballed from there all the way up to where they had Denver in to win their tenth in a row, and they had ten thousand. The thing is, the next year it just fell back to three, and he was he was heartbroken. He didn't know why. You know, then they had a little turmoil on the team, and. You know, it took a little bit of time, and that was a kind of a lost season, but that set up Peyton and, uh, and Sean. It's a, a, a marketing effort that there has to be a little bit more of a marketing effort, or are you telling me don't waste your time and money because it is what it is? <laughs> I'd lean a little more toward the latter. I don't know that it's a complete lost cause to be able to, to get eight to 10000 on a regular basis, but a couple other things to throw in there. I completely forgot hunting season and all the things right, that the men right, and other people right, are doing. right. You know, during December and January, the meat of basketball season. Um, the other reason I think that it's tough is it's kind of an unfair standard because you look at what some of the teams in the Gulf South are doing that are in this group of five territory, and the Cajuns are not only on par with them, but from a percentage standpoint, they're doing better. I mean, they lead Much the better. Sun Belt right. in attendance. Right. And I know they have the best team in the Sun Belt, but still – to average more, you know, a thousand more fans than the other Sunbelt teams do, a thousand fans per home game, something special is already happening here. The fact that it's not more special, I would just caution you that it's not Joe and Jane Cajun fan. I think it's a little bit of the culture here. Right. So if I say we're talking to Ben Love, host of uh, Bumper to Bumper Sports 4 to 7 p.m. ish, right here on 1037 The Game. You're on until 7 tonight, right? You got the, the full three hour uh, yeah, Red Zone Radio. Oh, Cajun yes, Red Zone Radio. You can call me and talk about it uh, from 6 to 7, Cajun Red Zone Radio. Right, but you got the three full-hour Monty today, as you like to put it. That is correct. Well, hold on. And, you know, right. Here's the thing. Marlon's not going to want to hear any of what I'm saying right now, and he shouldn't accept it. He's always going to fight for more. He's gonna, and then he sure. The, you know, the steward of that program, he should. But it's almost an impossible hill to climb up. To be honest with you, the football team struggling the last couple of years is probably helping things with the basketball program. So, if they were still winning nine games during the football side, and Robichaux had the you know the giant in February waiting on the other shoulder, so to speak, it might even be a little worse right now. But fans have been looking for a winner. At least they have that after the last couple of football seasons. So my my expectations of fifteen thousand, six thousand on Thursday night, and nine on Saturday at two p.m. game, maybe a little bit uh, pie in the sky. I think you're used to people not wanting to watch Syracuse football and rushing to go to the carry dome for Syracuse uh, right, basketball. Right, right. But this isn't Syracuse. It's nope. not Indianapolis. Nope. It's not Kentucky, and it's not Louisville. And nope. I, I think, unfortunately, I don't know that you're necessarily doomed to this, but I'll put it to you this way. LSU basketball going to the tournament in, uh, under Johnny Jones when they went from Los Angeles State to Pittsburgh. At home, I mean, Jarrell Martin, Jordan Mickey, guys sure. who went to play in the NBA, Tim Quarterman, Keith Hornsby. A really good team. I don't care what they put down on average. I went to every one of those home games. Sure. I don't know that there were an average of four and a half to 5,000 people mm. in the stands for those games. And mm. so that's a P5 school. And that's a, you know, that's a stadium that could fit 13,000. I know the Cajun Dome is, is fairly similar. But I just think it's kind of what you get here. What LSU got against Bama a couple of Saturday nights ago, that is completely and utterly 
the aberration. And maybe the Cajuns right, right. get one of those, you know, kind of outlier numbers before the end of the season, and they deserve it. I hope they get it. I want to be clear about that, but I won't be surprised mm-hmm. if they don't. All right. Ben, I appreciate the input. That's interesting. All right. I hadn't thought about it that way. Teaching this Yankee. You got it, brother. Teaching this Yankee uh, the good information. I appreciate it. All right, man. All right. Basically saying there's nothing you can do about it. Or it would take a Gonzaga-type decade or Butler-type decade to change the culture. Well, he mentioned all the holidays and the hunting. There's a lot putting up with it. All right. We'll be back. All right. Hour number three coming up. We'll talk to head coach of South Al, Matt Graves, and Scott D. Kushner. Some more basketball talk on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette. Just after 8 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 1037 The Game. It's a formidable scent. Stings the nostrils. Listen live with the 1037 The Game mobile app or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super genius. It's on right now. Now. Oh, Douglas, your fantasy is finally coming true. We are going to meet with a boy band. (laughs) Very funny. Not even close. No, no, no. No, the puerile sounds of boy bands are poison to my ears. And the only antidote is Steely Dan. Ah, you like Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. Shocker. You'll be on your knees tomorrow and you go back to Jack. Do it again. All right, Dave Schultz. He shoots on a morning Yacht Rock sports chat. There we go. We're live in the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios. Simulcasting on KKW Channel 32.1. LUS Fiber Cable 133 and an HD 1133. Stoney tightened up the uh, quaff yesterday. Again, you know it's a good haircut when you can't tell that you got a haircut. It looks good. Thanks, uh, Stoney. Uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to Matt Graves, head coach of South Dale. Uh, coming up, his player that Bob Marlin mentioned over the weekend, by the way, or on Monday. Let's see was uh, named Sunbelt Player of the Week, Josh Ajay. All right. Like Jay Ajay, this is Josh Ajay. Sophomore forward Josh Ajay averaged 21 points and 11.5 rebounds. Recording a double-double in back-to-back ballgames. Here's the thing about this interesting uh, Player of the Week deal. You know, the Cajuns have only won it one time. And that was shared. Back on November 28th, Bartley won it with Justin Forrest from App State. Ike Smith has won it from Georgia Southern. Eric Neal, UTA. Bartley and Justin Forrest. UTA's Kevin Hervey won it. Georgia Southern's Tukey Brown won it. Roderick Sykes won it. Isn't that the guy from... uh... Oh, what's the... Oh, my God. I can't think of... I can't... Brain cramp. Movie. Han Solo, but not him. Not Harrison Ford. It was Harrison Ford, but not Han Solo. It was Harrison Ford. Where he killed his wife, but didn't kill his wife. Isn't that the guy's name, Roderick Sykes, who did it? 
Ooh, ah. <laughs> oh, it's one of the great movies of all time. I can't think of it. Brain cramp. Uh, Demarcus Simons from Georgia State and Alex Six from Troy. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine winners. And only one time the Cajuns. Feels like they're spreading it around. But the Cajuns are the only undefeated team. I got a feeling they're still going to be undefeated when we're talking on Monday. All right. Now, whether they're undefeated after the following weekend remains to be seen. I still think they're going to win their 20th ball game on February 3rd. They should be. They will be favored to beat South Al, to beat Troy. Troy's their last loss, like last February 12th. And and then uh, favored to beat ULM. All right, seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. You didn't find it, Cody. I was gonna ask you how do you, Sykes is S I K I. Roderick Sykes, spell it any way you want. I tried the uh, S Y K and I couldn't find it. Uh, no, it doesn't have it here. All right. Oh well. Not Blade Runner. No. 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 Oh well. Oh, well, all right, so let's talk a little Saints. So it is interesting. Fugitive is the name of the movie. Fugitive, okay. Fugitive. All right, my bad. All right, so let's talk a little Saints because it is interesting. Apparently, everybody wants the Saints to draft about 14 different players in the first round. They only have one pick, Cody, right? In the first round, yes. In the first round? Yeah, they're, uh, they're only missing the second round this year. I believe they have one, right. three, four, five, six, seven, right. as of right now. All right, it only says Sykes, by the way. It doesn't say what his first name is. Just as Sykes uh, on IMBD for the the guy who did it. Spoiler alert if you hadn't seen The Fugitive. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, so they're talking to a, a tight end. You know, they need an edge rusher. Uh, they need a wide receiver. They need a quarterback. Uh, Thomas calling in. He was going to help you out. The Fugitive. Tom- he Thomas, had The Fugitive. He I appreciate it. it, Thomas. All right. Thank you so much. Uh but do the Saints need Baker Mayfield? I know Brian Bannemi wants him. You're going to be happy with Baker May- with Baker Mayfield because this team is really close. All right, and just like the Jaguars realized, the Saints probably realize one thing right now: they need home field advantage. They need to go into next year thinking the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship has to go through New Orleans. Remember, the Eagles still won the number one seed, and they're playing with their backup quarterback for at least a month, right? They even won the ball game in L.A. in which he got hurt it. So you need to be at home. Baker Mayfield does not help that scenario. Now, our buddy from Minnesota, who came on the show with us, Phil Mackey, you know, I think before, you know, the body was cold, in Philadelphia, basically said the Vikings have to get Drew Brees and not let him leave before he signs a deal. That would change everything. Go all in. Would the Vikings go all in on Drew Brees? Yeah, and here's the thing. Saints fans don't want to hear it. Has Drew Brees ever given the Saints a deal? We all want the good guy who's been a leader and a pillar in the community to stick around and lead the Saints to a victory and as, as ben, uh, to another Super Bowl. And as Ben 
Love says, you know, his best chance could be, you know, could be the Saints compared to, say, going to the AFC where you now you got to go through, still got to go probably through Pittsburgh. You got to probably go through Jacksonville. And now you have to go through, of course, New England. And that's if you sign, say, with Denver. But if Drew Brees signs with the Vikings, the Eagles could win this ball game, and they'd be the they'd still the Vikings would still be the favorite heading into next year. I think the Vikings would be your almost prohibitive favorite in the NFC, even if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and they're going to have Carson Wentz back. So it all depends on when does free agency start? And we say it's March fourteenth, so it's a month and a half before the draft. Remember when the Saints, when did the Saints sign Adrian Peterson last year? And they signed Adrian Peterson and then took Kamara? Because, again, that's the way the draft fell. Obviously, the, the Saints are going to know what their deal is, and you would hope they'd get the deal done. Can they do something before that? Don't they have to do something before that to sign Breeze? Right, you can sign your own player before it starts? I mean, that's, that is the key to the, you know, the next three or four years. And don't think he's not going to get money to go somewhere else. This is his basically his last contract. You think he's going to be under $25 million a year, Cody? You think he's going to get three years, $75 million? Guaranteed? Three years? Well, about two years, $50 million. That's more likely. From who? I'm going to say the Saints. Well, what if the Vikings went three years, $75 million? They don't have any money tied it's, into a quarterback right now, right? There's no money tied into a quarterback. I know. I'm just asking you Bridgewater, another. but Bradford's gone. Case Keenum can't be a lot of money. I'm just asking you another question, I guess. Sure. But, uh, is this before or after the draft? Oh, no, this is before the draft. So this all this is happening oh, before yeah, the draft. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Right in the middle of March Madness, baby. That's tough because I, I would have to say until it, it, you know, I don't know what the number would be where you have to draw the line, but. You got to push it. I would say for Drew Brees, not knowing where you're going from there. I mean, if it was after the draft, which I understand you don't have that luxury, then maybe if you signed Baker Mayfield, if you happen to draft him, I mean, or something like that. But well, no, you no, you want to know this before the draft because then maybe you move up and get a Baker Mayfield or something along those lines, or you put your special teams quarterback as your right. starter. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that if the Saints have already drafted Baker Mayfield. Right. And then the Vikings come in and throw a three, four, however many, you know, sure. multi-year deal right. at Drew Brees. Maybe then you're more inclined to, that's too rich for my blood, and, and start right. over then. But again, mm. I don't See, know that, if it'll happen that, that way. How about that one? You, you even went a little further, right? What if the Saints just threw caution to the wind? We're going to go try and win a Super Bowl. We have this defense now. It is a small window. We'll worry about the salary cap down the road, which the Saints have done forever. Uh, yeah. And so the, the say it just escalates, right? The Yankees Red Sox deal, right? Saints offer two years, fifty million. The uh, Vikings come back and make it three years, seventy-five. Saints say match it or go three years, eighty million, just to give more money. Right, beat the clock. The Vikings go one more year. Outrageous, ridiculous. I got it. Four years, a hundred million. Do the Saints say thanks? You win. That is, we just, you know, we think we got Drew Brees for another two good years and we could probably, you know, compete and be in the hunt for a Super Bowl, but we can't 
do more than two or even three years. Can't do more than three. You want to go four, you got them. We'll see. And do you think it's going to be money or years? I would say it would be the same thing. It would be years over money, I would think. The Saints offer or the acceptance? The Saints offer. The acceptance, I think, would be about, well, for Drew? A little bit of both, maybe, I guess. Uh, Is that fair? I don't know. So say say the Saints offer more money, sixty million. I don't know, sixty million over two years. Right, and two years are fifty. And and, million. and, uh, and the Vikings offer three years, seventy five million. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Then that's where I guess that's a loyalty question at that point, right? Or maybe not total, but I mean, that's a lot of loyalty. That's twenty five million loyalty. So should, Drew, I would think. I'm just saying, I, I have no idea what he would do. Right. Because he could always stay for those two years. I have no idea what years. the Saints would do. What's that? He could always take that offer from the Saints, stay for those two years, get his $60 million, and then sign a one-year deal with the whoever well, after yeah, that. Yeah. I, mean, I would doubt that. That's probably not going to happen. And the Vikings wouldn't be. Then you know, no, 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 no. The Vikings want to win now. They have to right. win now. Fair enough. You're right. right. The window is now. That's why the Patriots went all in this year for the next couple of years because they're trying to win now. And by trading away both their other quarterbacks, they're trying to win now. Don't worry about it later, later. Like, the Saints got to worry about now. The Vikings got to worry about now. Right. The Jets are worried about later. There's a lot right. of moving parts. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot. Interesting. All right, let's talk some more hoops. Matt Graves, head coach of South L, joins us next. They're coming in to take care, uh, take on the Cajuns, I should say. I'm a little forward to you. Uh, tomorrow night at the Cajun Dome, back after this on a uh, Wednesday morning Yacht Rock Sports Chat on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, we got uh, we got out a little late. Let's uh, let's get to it. Dave Schultz, Cody Schutz on a Wednesday morning Yacht Rock Sports Chat. Matt, uh, Scott Kushner coming up here at eight forty-five to talk Pelicans basketball. Let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline. His South Alabama Jaguars making the four-hour ride on I ten. It is the head coach of South Alabama, Matt Graves. Jaguars eleven to nine, but have won three out of their last four ball games. Good morning, Coach Dave Schultz. Thanks for joining me on Sports Chat. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How you doing this morning? We're doing uh, pretty well. All right, what's going on with the Jaguars this year? Why don't you summarize the season so far? Well, um, you know, we've had our, our ups and downs. Uh, we've been really good at home um, and on the road, uh, not so good. So, uh, got to get uh, the young team uh, some confidence and uh, you know play a lot better on the road. But uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, we're really defending uh, extremely well this year, and then. Offensively, it's kind of like our uh, our play on the road. It's been uh, really poor, so uh, it's kind of a, a tale of offense and defense and home and away. So hopefully, we can uh, start to put some of this stuff together as we head down the home stretch here. You think that's a schedule thing? The teams you just happen to play on the road or at home, or uh, what do you think that is? Maybe just a young basketball team. I think it's more of a young basketball team. You know, from our team last year, we uh, lost five guys that played significant minutes and it was nearly 80% of our scoring and 85% of our rebounding. So it's really getting, uh, you know, different guys to uh, step up in new roles and uh, fit in together. And I think there's a a process to learning how to play on the road and and be able to put teams away and and hang in there when uh, things aren't going as well. And we've had some close losses on the road. So, 
uh, we're getting better, and I think we're learning, you know, how to win as a group. And uh, it's, 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 they've been a very, very fun team to coach. We're talking to Matt Graves, head coach of South Alabama. The Jaguars coming to take on the Cajuns uh, Thursday night in the Cajuns' home. It's a blackout, so we'll see how that does uh, for the Cajuns' crowd. Tell us about Josh Ajay. Uh, he was the Sun Belt Player of the Week, and he averaged a double-double last week. Yeah, Josh uh, probably put together the two best games in his career of South, at South Alabama in, you know, in his two years. He, uh, he's had uh, moments where he would put one game to get double-double, and uh, I was really proud of the way he stepped up on Thursday and Saturday. He, he scored uh, inside and outside. He, he made free throws, and then you know, he really attacked the offensive glass. And you know, I was going to say and be really selfish and say it was uh, due to uh, him and I having a heart-to-heart talk on Monday, but then uh, I come <laughs> to find out his, his, uh, his mom and dad uh, came to watch him play, and it was actually the first time – that his mom had seen him play in his college career, and as she oh. uh, she resides in Nigeria, so oh, wow. uh, I'm going to I'm going to defer and give mom and dad uh, credit for being at the game over our uh, our heart to heart talk on Monday. Is mom and dad going to be on the bus to, to Lafayette? <laughs> we, we yeah, we, we were trying to get him to stay longer. Right. So uh, you know, if if it, if it goes in reverse, we're going to get him back here on a flight as soon as we can. I but, guess so. Uh, it was really. It, it was really great to uh, you know to meet them, and uh, and I was happy that uh, they were able to see Josh play, and obviously he played extremely well. So really happy for all of them. We'll keep an eye out if the Jaguars all of a sudden have a new director of operations. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Bob Marlin mentioned uh, Roderick Sykes, who is not the one-arm man from the Fugitive. That's Frederick Sykes, but Roderick Sykes, a, yeah. a junior college transfer, six one hundred fifty-five out of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Did he not start out the season playing, and now he's seeing some more playing time? You know, uh, he came in. Uh, he was one of the kids we recruited, um, and you know, we initially thought that he would be a guy that would score for us off the bench, kind of be a six-man energy guy, average about 10 points a game off the bench. And, um, you know, through the fall workouts, he was kind of in that same role. And then he's one of those kids, once the lights come on, uh, oh, boy, it's a different a different dynamic. He attacks the basket. Um, and that's the thing that makes him so dangerous. He's just not a shooter. Um, he can get to the free throw line. You know, against App State, he got to the free throw line 14 times. Mm. And he's very deceptive with his athleticism. He can uh, play above the rim at 6-1. And, uh, you know, as he continues to embrace our d- defensive system a little bit better, um, you know, really the sky's the limit for him. All right, let's wrap it up here with Matt Graves, head coach of the Jaguars. are coming to take on the Cajuns Thursday night. How do you try and slow down this high-powered uh, Cajun squad there, Coach? Well, I was going to ask you how to do that right, because right. To, to, to be real, I mean, to be real candid, watching them on film and looking at their stats, um, you know, without seeing them live, they might be the best team that that Bob has had in my five years in the Sun Belt, and they they've got to be one of the top two or three teams in that same time period. They are uh, loaded from top to bottom. They score in transition. They score in the half court. Uh, they got a lot of versatile pieces, and yeah, I think it's a credit to Bob and his staff. I think they've put together a really, really good roster, and uh, 
you know, we're going to have to to play our A game and hope they, uh, you know, are missing a few shots, uh, you know, to come out on top. All right, Matt Graves, head coach of South Alabama. The Jaguars coming to take on the Cajuns tomorrow night in the Cajun Dome. Coach, I appreciate your time. Safe travels, and we'll see you at the ballgame. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. All right, Matthew Graves against uh, with, uh, South Alabama. They are uh, they're nine and two at home, and oh, and seven on the road. Yeesh. So again, this would be one of those situations, Cody, where yeah, nine and two at home, zero oh and seven on the road, two and zero oh in a neutral court. So they are. Uh, 11 and 9. Uh, they did lose to Texas Tech. Played at LaSalle, so they went to Philadelphia. Actually, not bad. 81 to 73 loss. Uh, they beat Maine. Uh, they hosted, no, they uh, they went up to Connecticut, a tournament. Uh, St. Peter's, by the way, that's the team that the Cajuns played in baseball last year that basically kept them out of the NCAA. Beat St. Peter's 54 uh, 49. Stetson, UNO on that schedule. Southern Miss, Florida International, and they played the Georgians in the Sun Belt Conference. All right, so we'll see. All right, again, Cajuns should win this maybe going away, but somewhere along the way, you know, you hope that confidence doesn't turn into cocky and uh, they keep playing the way they're playing because it's a good basketball team. Matt Graves is right. Certainly, you know, he's been here the same five years I've been. This is by far the best team that Bob Marlin has had. All right, we'll uh, rock and roll. Scott D. Kushner coming up here in about 20 minutes. Stay with us. We'll talk behind it. Wrap it up. More sports chat after this on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Nothing left for me. Is there nothing left for me? Two, three, four. Baby, come back. Oh. It needs to be two, three, four, go. I think I waited for five. Almost. The level of what I expect is so low out of this show. You know, regardless of what has happened for the last two and a half hours, if I hit that at the right time, it's a great show. <laughs> Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots on a... Uh, Wednesday morning, Yacht Rock Sports Chat. We'll talk more Pelicans with Scott D. Kushner coming up here at, at 845. I want to thank the guys uh, who responded in the uh, 1037 The Game inbox on Twitter. Philip Freeman telling me he was the fugitive. Same thing with Todd Griffin. Griffin, it was Sykes who killed the wife, and I said he didn't have a first name because it's not listed, but it was Frederick Sykes. The kid for South Alabama is Roderick Sykes. You find that man. You find that man. You ever see the movie, Cody? No, I, I you haven't seen it. I haven't. Actually. The great thing about that movie is, like, through the first at least half, if not three quarters, Harrison Ford doesn't say a thing. It's mostly everybody. It's mostly Tommy Lee Jones talking. I didn't mean it's other people talking. He's just you know trying to find out who killed his wife. Act in more ways than that's right. Verbally, that's right. Uh, also, uh, Jackie Harrelson uh, chirping in on the Cajuns' attendance scenario. And here's the other thing that is very simple to answer. Apparently, I don't, you know, I don't know what Blackham held, but you know, he, she's saying she used to work at Blackham. Would say that four thousand was the attendance. Maybe the Cajun Dome's too big. That's the other thing, you know. If the Cajun Dome held eight thousand and six thousand were showing up, then it'd look more impressive. But it holds about twelve to thirteen thousand, so it does. Now, obviously, there's other things going on at the Cajun Dome. She. You know, from, uh, you know, Garth setting up shop here. Um, 
You know, they're con- Sticks and REO coming in in April. So, you know, I'm not complaining, but that, you know, that's the deal. If, you know, you pack black them and you're only putting in five or 6,000 and you're getting the same five or 6,000 at the Cajun Dome, it just doesn't look all that. It lo- doesn't look as impressive. Uh, but hopefully we, we get it. I think, I don't know if Ben Love, you know, dampered my enthusiasm, but now he's, my idea, he's thinking maybe if we're lucky if we get 12 over the next two games. I'm hoping for 15. I'm optimistic. Average 7,500 per night. Uh, well, per day, as it turns out. It's Thursday night and then uh, Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. against Troy. Uh, all right, I, I like that conversation we were having about uh, Drew Brees and the Saints because it will be interesting. Y- you know, the uh, the questions always asked Drew is, you know, do you plan on on staying with the Saints and I want to be here as long as they'll have me? Well, what does that exactly mean? That You know, what? You know, can the Saints offer him, you know, three years, $50 million, and he's going to stick around? Or if the Vikings come out and say, you know, we need to win a, a, a we need to win the, the Super Bowl right now. I don't know why I want to say World Series, but we need to win the Super Bowl right now. This is our time. We have the defense. You know, our running back hopefully will come back healthy. We don't have a lot of money tied up in quarterbacks right now. Now I don't know if Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater want to be a backup, but I'm not sure where they're going to start. But, you know, you go out and get a Drew Brees and win the Vikings. Would they be the prohibitive favorite next year, even if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl? And if you're the Saints, where do you draw the line? And what if you offer two years, $50 million to Drew Brees? That's pretty good. But then the Vikings come in and say, here's three years, $75 million. We're going all in there, Drew. And I don't know what the salary cap issues are for either team. I'm just, you know, for the sake of argument. Then the Saints go, well, we can give you a little bit more. Here's three years, 80. And the Vikings do one more, four years, $100 million. How does Drew Brees say no to four years, $100 million? Three years, $80 million is a lot. Remember, he hasn't said no yet. There's been no hometown dis- discount for the Saints. There's been no, you know, Brady deal for Brees. And obviously, we we know the difference. You know, one's got a billion-dollar wife, and one doesn't, (laughs) you know. So it'll be interesting to see where where this comes down. I mean, we only got, what, we got two months before someone else is going to walk in there and say, you know, you want to sign? Don't think that the overtures haven't been made yet. I don't know what the tampering rules are now, but, you know, Breeze's agent, He's probably fielding phone calls from a couple of teams. Still playing inside. Is the division any easier? Get the Packers. Right? Is that it? The Bears? The Lions? Right? Isn't that an easier division? And they were the number two seed with the Vikings. Now that's with, you know, Aaron Rodgers missing three quarters of the year. I get it. But, I mean, you'd have to think about it. You would think he would have to think about it. And is it about the money? Because if you're the Saints, you got to be the same way. Right now is our time. Even though we do have this 
odd mix of, of extremely young players. Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Von Bell, and even young veterans, Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, Coleman, Willie Sneed. And so you're kind of building on the fly as you go here. And all of a sudden, you're going to be looking up, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm not sure Ingram is going to be here for more than a, a year. But, you know, all of a sudden, you look up, and these guys are in their third and fourth years. Now they're not, you know, now is the time to win again. And so where is the cutoff line for Drew Brees? Because, you know, you're going to be looking for that quarterback. You know, it's almost going to be, you would think, almost like Jacksonville Jaguar-esque, where the only thing you're, you're maybe lacking is a quarterback. Compared to uh, the Patriots, they're they're on the other side, right? Patrick Chung is a veteran. Dante Hightower, a veteran. Uh, that offensive line, veterans. Uh, Amendola, veteran. Edelman, not so much. You know how many more hits can Gronk take? You know if it was Garoppolo, maybe, but you know they let that guy go. Jacoby Brissett, they let that guy go. Though we'll see what happens with Brissett if luck is there. I don't, I don't know if they're going to hang on to him. You know, we'll see what they do. Uh, but it is interesting to, to think what the Saints may or may not do. Who's going to be in that mix? I don't think he's going to go to the Jets. I'm not sure he's going to the Broncos. But if the Vikings come calling and with a lot of money in an extra year or two, and they're kind of going all in... That would be the competition that I would be mighty afraid of. And they play inside. And in an easier division. Same conference. We'll see. All right. Let's uh, revert back to where most of our conversation was today. Pelicans, they got the uh, Hornets tonight before they come home to take on, uh, in Charlotte, before they come home and take on the uh, Houston Rockets. We'll do that with our buddy from the advocate, Scott D. Kushner. And this is Kush. We'll do it next on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, and 1037 thegamecom All right, we did get uh, a comment on yesterday's video in the 1037 The Game uh, inbox. Jason Weathers on Facebook, 17-3 and 3 means nothing when your wins are from subpar programs. UNO was in the NCAA tournament last year. We have only played one top 25 team and lost. If the team is so good, we will see if they get an NCAA at-large bid. That has nothing to do with how good they are. Based on the difficulty of the schedule, I doubt we will earn that bid. That's true. If we win the Sun Belt Tournament, let's see if we can win two games. Two games? That's how you get your fans excited about your program, not a bunch of wins against no-name teams. Well, a couple things. And uh, my buddy uh, Jerry DeRigo also chirped in. Yep, get some good matchups and maybe the fans will come. Uh, it can't be about the opponents. Uh, you know, Unlike some of the teams in football, show me how many Power 5 teams visited Sunbelt teams this year. All right, I haven't noticed any, but that doesn't mean I've looked at all of them. So I'm not buying that. All right, 17-3 and three is good. Really good. All right. All right, let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline. Let's talk a little Pelicans. They're at a high watermark. Four games over 500. They're taking on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they're hosting the Pelicans tonight. Let's talk to our buddy from the uh, Advocate. It is uh, Scott D. Kushner. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year, Kush. Happy 
Dave. Oh, uh, how's everything good? Everything's been great. The Pelicans are on fire. Played about three different ball games all in one uh, against Chicago the other night. Uh, if the Pelicans are going to win, they're probably going to win in overtime. That's what it seems like now. <laughs> right. <At> least, uh, <laughs> every single game comes down to the last 10 seconds of regulation. So if you guys want to tune in tonight, I would say 815, 830, uh, it's probably a good time to, uh, to flip on the, uh, the TV. Yeah, the thing is that's hilarious because my father, I grew up that way. My father's like, I'll tune in the last two minutes of the NBA and find out. Nothing's changed in like, you know. 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. I mean, it's, it's really been a series of, uh, of gutty uh, games that they've had. Right. And, and not necessarily all by design, obviously. Uh, but, you know, they had to come back against the Knicks. They, uh, they, they kind of blew a late lead against Boston. They were able to hang on to it. Uh, they gave up a last-second shot uh, to, uh, to Atlanta. And then they went into double overtime after a huge comeback against Chicago on Monday. They erased a 17-point deficit in the last five minutes. Uh, so you come away thinking, wow, that's amazing that they erased a 17-point deficit, but how are they down 17 points in the first seven minutes of the fourth right. quarter? So, right. uh, you, gotta, you can look at both sides of it. I think that's what they do, too. And you certainly see the potential. And the idea of them winning these games definitely means uh, a lot because a lot of these NBA games do come down to the last two minutes. And if you can show that you've got, you know, a couple good scores in those situations, then that is a pretty important step. Any idea what's going on in the third quarter? I, again, I don't have a problem. I think they lost the other night uh, to the Bulls, like 33-27. All right, that happens. You lost by six. It ended up going from a six-point lead to tie. But that's a lot different than scoring like nine or ten or 13 points in the whole quarter. Uh, you know, why do they come out, it seems, sometimes flat in the third? It's not so much the whole third quarter either. Like you mentioned there, they only lost it by six. But within uh, 61 seconds, it was a 7-0 run, and their lead was gone. Um, right. And it's as if they, they just weren't playing. You know, they, just, they didn't come out of the locker room ready to play. And it seems to be a routine issue for them, uh, which I think is a little bit shocking to Alvin Gentry, who doesn't quite understand it when you ask him. He's like, this is the same starting lineup that's playing pretty well. It's the same guy, so it's not as if it's the rotation. It's something coming out of the locker room that they're not ready. Um, and, you know, if it was a game or two, that's one thing. It's about five games in a row they've had that same problem. So I don't know if he tries to mix it up. Uh, I think Rajon Rondo genuinely does hurt their defense. Uh, I think he's, he's really actually hurting them right now when he's on the floor because it's pretty obvious their best lineup is when Drew Holiday is running the point. Um, and they're able to get another defender or a, a longer wing in there, either Darius Miller or Dante Cunningham, uh, to guard you know wings from the other team. Uh, but that seems to be the lineup they're closing with, not necessarily opening the halves with. Uh, so we'll see if they change anything. I wouldn't be surprised to see an adjustment tonight, uh, but I also know they've won five out of six, so is he really going to have the impetus to mix up that much at this point? Talking to our buddy Scott D. Kushner from The Advocate, he covers the Pelicans. This is Kush. This is Kush. I love it. So, so do we get more of that, or do you get more Jared questions these days? Uh, the Jared stuff is unbearable. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the guy at the Southwest counter was like, man, you really fly in Southwest? I was like, yes, I'm not one of those Kushers. I'm, I promise. <laughs> not one of you wouldn't uh, see me here. <laughs> the thing is, uh, a, a good friend of my brother looks exactly like him. His last name's not Kushner, but it looks exactly like him. He dressed, he dressed up, he put a suit on, or he put, like, a uh, bulletproof vest on and went as him as Halloween, like he was in Israel or something like that. Looked just like him. 
looks just like him. Uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Curse. Yeah, it's hilarious. All right. Um, all right, so now, you know, now they have this interesting stretch where they they got this six-ball, six-game stretch where it's going to get tougher as it goes with uh, Oklahoma City and Minnesota back-to-back ball games on the road. Is there any way that they can somehow pick off Houston or one of those road games and see if they can actually go four and two, hopefully nothing uh, less than three and three, and, and it, it is a tough stretch what they're going to have the next six games, including tonight at Charlotte. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult stretch. Uh, I think if they win tonight uh, against Charlotte, that, that Friday matchup against Houston is going to be one that people are actually going to be genuinely excited for, maybe the most exciting regular season game in a long time uh, for this team. Uh, to see if they can kind of take that next step, uh, riding that riding kind of momentum that they've been waiting for really all season. Um, but they they got a they got an opportunity right now, which is to kind of clear themselves from the Trailblazers, Nuggets, and Clippers who are battling between that seven and nine spot and get into that uh, that group with Oklahoma City, Minnesota, San Antonio uh, as being you know, the four through six spots. And that would be a huge boost for this team to be able to get into that group where you're solidly in the playoffs and fighting for seeding. Now, there's a long five-plus games, but if you can get into that fight rather than being in the fight for kind of that seven-eight spot, because those seven-eight teams are going to lose in the first round and probably going to lose pretty badly. Houston and Golden State are the two best teams in the NBA. Um, if you can get in the sixth seed, though, Minnesota's beatable, and I don't know when Kawhi Leonard's coming back, which means San Antonio's pretty beatable. And so there's a lot to play for right now, and there's a lot to gain. And you, they're winning five to six right now, but all the other teams are starting to pick it up too. So there's a lot going on. And it's a uh, it's an important stanza coming up here to, to be in that mix uh, when you get to the All-Star break. Talking to Scott D. Kushner from The Advocate, he covers the Pelicans. To see, as I, I look at it as a little bit more. Uh, I know it's a stretch, and you're the one who just said, you know, who knows when Kwame Leonard's coming back. It certainly uh, didn't have a problem uh, last night against the Cavs. But, you know, are they that far away, a legitimate that far away from a four seed to get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs? It all really depends to me on Oklahoma City uh, because you can see them turning it up and and reeling off uh, pretty, you know, prolonged winning streak or you know, or having a, a great month because there is so much talent there. Right. Uh, so I think to jump Oklahoma City and to jump San Antonio is a lot to ask. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's possible. But to get into the even the six and play Minnesota or San Antonio in the first round would be a huge accomplishment to this team and a, and a major breather in the first round where you would go in saying you have a chance to win. Uh, whereas compared to if you're the seven of the eight seed or if you're out of the playoffs, I think you really don't leave fans with much of a taste that they had a shot. Uh, it'd be nice to get a couple playoff games at home, but really for the most part, you would be uh, kind of a, a lamb in line for the slaughter. Yeah, if they won those three ball games, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Hawks, uh, they would be ahead of uh, the Thunder and have the same amount of losses as the Spurs. They'd be what a game and a half behind the Spurs. And I know that's a lot yep. for a team that was 15 and 16, but and those Sacramento, are bad teams. Dave, they lost Sacramento at home. I mean, these right. are, they've lost the five of the six worst teams in the NBA. Right. Uh, and Allen said immediately after the game, which is, this is going to come back to haunt us. And, right. you know, even now, when you look in mid-January, it is. Because yep. uh, you see where they could be, and it, it has to be frustrating. Because now you got to go steal games against 
some of the best teams in the NBA, which is obviously very difficult. Scott D. Kusher from The Advocate. I appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy tonight's game. Absolutely, Dave. Talk to you soon. All right. Absolutely. All right. Good show. Really good show. And we got more responses in the 1037 The Game inbox about uh, why Cajun fans don't. Uh, well, well, Ben Love is not Cajun fans. It's Louisiana uh, basketball fans. Lack thereof. All right. Special thanks to Chris Blair, Ben Love, uh, Matthew Graves, Jaguars, uh, South Alabama Jaguars, uh, head basketball coach, and Scott Kushner. Tomorrow we got the big guy, Gerald Grunig, and Hey Raj. And we'll do him next week for the Super Bowl. And hopefully, Thomas Morstead. We'll see. All right. Coming up, the Alan Michaels Show, the Jim Rome Show, the Jordy Oper Show featuring Jordy Oper, Bumper to Bumper Sports, and then Cajun Red Zone Radio. You might as well keep it live and local all day long here on Acadiana's number one rated sports talk station, 1037 The Game.